get right into the message. Acts 15, verse 12, we've already been through this passage of Scripture in our journey through uh, the book of Acts. Um, I, I'm going to be dealing with some things at the end of chapter 15 in an upcoming message. And uh, I wanted to come back here and really just, I'm springboarding verse 12. We're going to look at different passages in the book of Acts. Um, but uh, we looked at last week about serving with giants and the different people that Paul had mentioned um, that, are, that are not as well known as, as the Apostle Paul or Peter or some of those. Um, I, th- I want to keep that spirit today as we look at uh, one whose life magnified Jesus Christ. And I, I pray that it's a help to us as, as believers in Christ. Verse number 12 is the only verse we're going to read, all right? Let's read it together. Then all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. Our Father, I pray your blessing upon the preaching and delivery of your word today. May you minister to every heart that is here. Uh, Lord, I, I know, I, I know, I know that many of us struggle with, of, with how you can use us. How, what, what exactly can we do uh, for the cause of Christ? And uh, Lord, we, we don't always see ourselves the way that you see us. And I pray that you would use uh, Barnabas this morning as we look in his life as one that magnified Jesus Christ and really see how that we can all uh, be very similar. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. So Barnabas is a key individual in the book of Acts. And uh, for, for a lot of reasons. Um, he is not an individual, uh, as I read him, who gathered attention to himself. Um, when I think of Barnabas, I picture an individual that when the church gathers together, he's probably sitting, he's probably sitting up in the balcony somewhere. And uh, he doesn't say amen much. He's pretty reserved. Um, he could probably slip in and slip out. And uh, nobody really recognized that he was even there. Uh, that, is, that is how I picture Barnabas in the scriptures. But it wasn't that he was afraid of God using him. It's just that he didn't need the attention Uh, placed upon himself, and how the Lord used him in different individuals' lives throughout the book of Acts up to chapter 15. We lose him in chapter 15, and and all the attention then goes to the Apostle Paul. But I'm going to tell you something this morning. There is no Apostle Paul without a Barnabas in his life. Amen? And I, I want us to recognize that today. I'd mentioned last week, and, and Paul had mentioned all of these names in Romans 16 of people that he had served alongside of. And he mentioned them for a good reason, because they were a blessing to him and a help to him. And he was reminding the church to pay attention 
to these individuals and, and what they have done in the work of the ministry. And so I, I want to highlight just four things, and we're going to get through them. And uh, I pray that it will be an encouragement to you this morning in your own walk with the Lord. Let's go back to chapter 4, okay? Chapter 4, the church has started in Acts chapter number 2. And uh, they've begun worshiping together. And chapter 3 is where Peter and John went to the temple to pray. And uh, Peter, in the name of Jesus Christ, healed the lame man. Um, and uh, he's now walking and leaping and praising the Lord. And uh, 5,000 men come to trust Jesus Christ as a result. And in chapter 4, they're, uh, they're threatened, they're, they're persecuted for their faith, they're, they're threatened to no longer, they could not speak in the name of Jesus Christ. And uh, they couldn't tell others, you know, they could, they could go do what they want to do, but just don't tell other people about Jesus Christ. And, and can I tell you this? I, I believe that Satan will work against you to get to church. Okay? I believe that. But if you, if you just come to church and you do your thing on a Sunday morning and your life really does, isn't impacted to the point that you want to live a Christian life that makes an impact in eternity. I believe Satan's just going to leave you alone. You can do your thing. Just don't allow it to impact this world. Okay? And so they were threatened. That, that chaplain that was on the video at the beginning of the service, they, our government had made an agreement that we couldn't bring Bibles, we couldn't preach Jesus Christ in a Muslim country. But God's not going to allow it to stop. Amen? And so one individual says, well, I'm going to let you bring your Bible. And all of a sudden you have 2,500 people coming to church. All right? Uh, if, if someone is willing, despite what they have been told, to, to tell people about Jesus Christ, God will use you. All right? And you have to overcome your fear and all of those things. And Peter and John, man, they weren't going to shut up about Jesus Christ. And they just kept ministering. They went back to their church. And we looked at this a little bit last Sunday night and how they were encouraged by those who would pray with them. You get to the end of chapter 4 and we, get, we meet this guy by the name of Joseph, who's who, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas. That's the name the apostles gave him. That wasn't his given name, but they, they surnamed him Barnabas because of its meaning, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, which means he was an encourager. He was a blessing to those people who knew him. And so they gave him a name to represent his character and his testimony with others. Well, you see that he was a Levite. He was of the country of Cyprus. That is important. And uh, when he begins his ministry in chapter 13, as well as at the end of chapter 15. But I want you to see in verse 37, having land, he sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. He, he saw, this is the first time that he shows up in Scripture. He's not a great preacher 
he's, he doesn't show up as this incredible soul winner. But what we see in this individual is someone who had a willingness to help others. Okay? And so he had some land. He, did, he, felt, like he, he felt like the Lord needed it more than he did. And he sold it. He brought the money. He laid it at the apostles' feet. We see in Acts chapter 6 that they distributed it as, as the need was there. They took that money and they, they distributed the money to meet the different needs that are out there. I, I saw on Facebook this, this interesting uh, saying that was put out there this week. You will not go to hell if you do not tithe or give to missions. You will not go to hell if you don't do those things. But there are people who will go to hell if you don't do those things. Meaning, if, if we're not helping missionaries to get on the field, people aren't going to hear the gospel as a result of that, okay? And uh, everything in our general fund takes care of the, the needs here, locally, in our community. And, and so, yeah, you don't have to do those things. You don't have to go to church, stick. And, 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 go to he- and, and it keeps you from going to heaven. But you should go to church if you're a Christian, amen? And you should do these things. You should give in order to be a help in seeing other people come to Jesus. And so, and so Barnabas, he sold that land. He brought the money. He didn't just put it in a bank account for his 401k. He saw, he saw that he had the opportunity to meet a Need And he brought it to the apostles and said, hey, take this and distribute it and let God use it. Some might look at his offering as sacrificial. But for a man with a right perspective, it's not a sacrifice at all. It is an opportunity to help others and to be a blessing. Amen? So they didn't see it as a sacrifice. I love it. We, we often have said in the past that missionaries, and we got one right here sitting with us today, and we think of in terms of sacrifice. Well, they gave up a job. They gave up a house. They gave up different things in order to carry the gospel elsewhere. But I guarantee if you ask Brian Collins, they didn't sacrifice anything. They're following a calling that God has placed upon their life. Amen? And so to them, it's not sacrificial. And it shouldn't be sacrificial to us to help others come to know Jesus Christ. Can I get amen? Anybody, anybody can be willing to help other people. And using the means that they have at their disposal to help others come to know Christ, help the local church, help people be ministered to and see needs met. And I'm going to tell you something. The first time that Barnabas shows up, God felt it important enough to put that in Scripture. Can can I get amen there? He saw that. That's our introduction. There's a law of first meanings in the Bible that the first time something shows up really defines what what that location or that person really is. We see here a person who has a heart to help other people. Secondly, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 9. Okay, he shows up here in Acts chapter 9. And we see in him a willingness to inspire others. Acts chapter 9 is well known because of the conversion of Saul of Tarsus, who we later know as Paul the preacher, Paul the apostle. 
okay? In Acts chapter 9, he comes to know Jesus Christ as his Savior. And uh, he goes back to Damascus and he's preaching Jesus, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God indeed. And later, he is, he is getting out of that place. And we're going to pick up in verse 20. Let's pick up in verse 22, okay? But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. So before the world knew who he was, here's a young, here's a young man who shows up and he is telling people about Jesus Christ soon after his conversion. Verse 23, and after that, many days were fulfilled. The Jews took counsel to kill him. But their laying await was known of Saul. And they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down by the wall in a basket. Let me, let me say this before we proceed. The world doesn't know who Saul or Paul ever becomes if somebody didn't hold the rope to let him down there. Are you with me? They're, they're not named in the scriptures. Those individuals aren't named, but they're put in there. They held the rope as Paul was let down in a basket. God bless those people. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples. But they were all afraid of him. So he goes to the church that's established in Jerusalem. He wants to go and become a part of them and, 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 and be mentored by them and get to know them. I'm sure he had lots of questions. But they were all afraid of this new convert because they believed not that he was a disciple. I wish I could say, I wish I could say when your life gets turned around and you're saved and you're walking with Jesus Christ, I wish I could say that everybody is on board with you, but they're not always. All right? And a lot of times people know your past, James. They know who you used to be and they just can't get that out of their mind yet. They, they can't believe that your life has changed. It takes some time. And for these, these, the church in Jerusalem, they weren't so sure about this great persecutor. Okay? And so in verse 27. But, aren't you glad that God puts buts in the Bible, right? That didn't even sound very good, but I'm still true. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them... How he had seen the Lord in the way, and how that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. And he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him. Which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and set him forth to Tarsus. There again, there are brethren showing up in verse 30 who protected Saul and got him out of Jerusalem and on to Caesarea. And later he went back home to where he is originally from in Tarsus. But our main character here today is Barnabas. And what I want you to see is this. 
If it wasn't for Barnabas, Paul, Saul was running for his life because of his newfound faith. And if it wasn't for Barnabas who stood up for him, who encouraged him, who said, listen, this, guy, this guy's life really is turned around. He really is changed. This guy is saved. His life is now for Christ. He is declaring Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, his life is turned around. I mean, right now, I'm thinking of Stick. I'm thinking of Stephen. I'm thinking of Larry Culp. I'm thinking of Michael Bell. I'm thinking of different individuals who work with people and their lives were, their lives used to say something differently. But they have worked with them and they have seen them saved and they've seen their lives changed and, and not turned upside down, but turned upside right. And they're living for the Lord. And he comes in there and he puts his own reputation on the line and says, listen, apostles, listen, leaders of the church, this guy is somebody worthy of listening to. And that inspired him. It encouraged him. Because all of us have had people in our life who have said things that they really shouldn't say. And, and maybe, they, maybe they realize it, maybe they didn't. But they have said things and it left us walking away discouraged and wondering if we should even keep on, wondering if we should even do it, wondering if we should even go forward. There are people that have discouraged us. And there are people, listen... Sometimes in our own life, we walk away from a setting and say, they don't even believe in me. And I don't believe in me. I mean, really, can, can the Lord even use me? And God puts somebody alongside of us, puts his arm around us, leads us up there before the church and says, listen, you ought to listen to this guy right here. This guy has got a testimony that will affect you. Amen? You don't have to be a great preacher or a great soul winner to put your arm around somebody and to love them and encourage them and to walk with them. And it may put your own testimony on the line because you're standing with them, but you see something in them. God always sees something in Jonas that you don't see in you, and maybe other people don't see in you, but God sees something in you. And sometimes we are standing back and we're watching and we're, we're listening and we can, see, we can see something happening in people's life. And when they're discouraged, I can see that and I can walk up and I say, listen, listen, Liz, God is using you in a big way. God loves you. He's got great things in store for you. Don't let so-and-so discourage you, okay? Stay faithful to the Lord. Because who you are today is a completely different person than who you used to be. And that is all, be, that's, not be, that's not completely because of the church. The church had an influence in you, but it's mainly because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? So keep your eyes on Jesus. And, and let's walk through this thing together. Anybody, anybody can be used in that capacity. Thirdly, let's go to chapter 11. And I want you to see that he was someone who had a willingness to lead others. In Acts chapter 11, because of the persecution of the church, 
the gospel is, is, is going out of Jerusalem and it's reaching other people. And word gets back of what's taking place in Antioch. And word gets back to Jerusalem that there are people getting saved. There's, there's Jews getting saved. There's Gentiles getting saved. There are people coming to know Jesus Christ. And so they want to know what is going on exactly. And so we'll pick up with that in verse number, let's look at verse 21, and then we'll get to verse 22. And the hand of the Lord was with them. That's those preaching the Lord Jesus, speaking unto the Grecians. Those are really the, the Hellenistic Jews, okay? And it says in verse 22, the tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which is in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch. So they sent, of all the individuals, the one that they trust to go for this matter was Barnabas. And they said, you go check this, what's happening out there. And it says in verse 23 that when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad. Because it ought to excite you to see people getting saved and growing and learning and getting the word. Amen? Everybody should be glad when you get around church. And it says that he exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would, they would cleave unto the Lord. <coughs> so he encourages them. Encourages them in their walk with Jesus Christ. Grow closer to him. Get in the word. <coughs> be discipled. Be mentored. Let me help you. Verse 24. Excuse me. Verse 24, he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith and much people was added unto the Lord. So, so there's a description of his character and as a result, many people get saved. Many more people are saved. Then, then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. He's looking for somebody to help him and he's looking for somebody that he can influence. And so verse 26, when he had found him, he brought him into Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And in those days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. And there stood up one of them named Agabus and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability. Y'all got that? Underline that in your Bible. Every man according to his ability, not someone else's ability, but their own, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. In verse 23, Barnabas encouraged. He told them, grow in the Lord. Make a point, purpose in your heart, cleave unto the Lord. He exemplified in verse 24. He was a man that everyone could see, was a good man. He was filled with the Spirit of God, and he was a man of great faith. He had exemplary character that people could follow him, that they could see in him what they needed to be as believers. He enlisted in verse 25 and 26. He went and got Saul 
and he brought him in the work. It's always good to have somebody with you that you're investing in and mentoring and helping in their walk with the Lord. And then he empowered at the end of verse 26 because together they went forth and they taught much people. So he let God use him. He became a Sunday school teacher. He became a, a discipleship leader. He let God use him to pour into others. And every believer can do that. Amen? Every, every believer can help other people come in their walk with the Lord. Everybody can do that. And I want to encourage you to do that. My final point. Go back to chapter 13. He had a willingness to follow others. Okay? Yeah, he had a willingness to lead because it required of him. If the church of Jerusalem needed somebody to go, he was willing to go. And he just poured into them. And God, God did incredible things in that church. You get to chapter 13, and uh, the Lord separated unto himself Paul and Barnabas to go forth. Uh, look in verse 1. It says that uh, there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers... Barnabas was one, Simeon that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manaen, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and then Saul is the caboose there. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, Departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus, Barnabas's home place. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they also had John Mark to their John to their minister, who was John Mark. And when they had gone through the isle of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, whose name was Bar Jesus, and uh, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. Throughout his early years of ministry, Saul received tremendous leadership and encouragement from Barnabas. And since the early days of their ministry together in Antioch, you see in verses 2 and verse 7, they were, they were known as the team of Barnabas and Saul. And they were inseparable. No doubt Barnabas was the vessel through which God used to shape the character of this future great man of God. And after they accepted their call from God in the area of missions, they once again headed out together. And this time they were to reach the world for Christ. And it was on this first missionary journey that Saul came unto his own. In verse number 9, you see there in parentheses, Saul who is also called Paul. And for the first time, we read that the personal account of him taking the lead in reaching others for Christ. And from here on out, in, uh, in verse number 43, they're, they're now known as the team of Paul and Barnabas. And so Paul, Barnabas was okay with Barnabas stepping up and now taking the lead. Or Paul stepping up and now taking the lead and God used him. Let me close with this illustration. Everybody has heard of D.L. Moody. 
the great evangelist who reached the two continents with the gospel of Christ. All right? D.L. Moody was preaching an evangelistic campaign. And uh, there was a young man there named J. Wilbur Chapman who accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Chapman became a preacher and evangelist himself. And Billy Sunday, following his conversion, began over time working with Chapman in his, in his meetings. And so he was mentored by that evangelist. Well, Billy Sunday becomes a great evangelist himself. God opens doors and opportunities. And at one of his meetings, a man by the name of Mordecai Ham was saved. And over the years, Mordecai Ham became a great preacher of the gospel and a great evangelist. And at one of his meetings, there was a young man by the name of Billy Graham who came to trust Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And we all know in our, in our generation what God did with Billy Graham. Amen? Now, I, I know this has been told many times. I'm not saying nothing new here. How did D.L. Moody get saved? It was his Sunday school teacher, right? Sunday school teacher by the name of Ed Kimball, who had a burden for that young shoe salesman. And uh, if I remember correctly, I remember reading this. He wanted to go share the gospel with D.L., who was working at the time. And uh, Ed Kimball just kept walking back and forth by the door, wondering, if, you know, the excuse, is now the right time, all of these thoughts. Finally, he opened the door and he went in, and he found the shoe salesman in the back, and he shared the gospel with him, and he got saved. Amen? Now, in closing... Think of all the millions of people who came to know Jesus Christ as his Savior. In the meetings of Moody and Chapman and Sunday and Ham and Billy Graham. And I promise you this, the story didn't end with Billy Graham. There's still the gospel still being shared by people who were saved in his ministry. You can trace it all back to his Sunday school teacher who just had a heart for a student, and he went and told him about Jesus Christ. You could say that God used Ed Kimball to reach a million people for Jesus. Amen? Allow your life to magnify Jesus Christ. Be willing to be used of the Lord right where you are. Be willing to help others. Be willing to inspire others. Be willing to lead when necessary and follow as God puts the leadership in place. Just let God use you right where you are. And you can be a giant for the faith. God, let's, let's bow our heads.